0: Reaching retail investors is is not really a sprint.
1: You're listening to The Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations.
2: Hi, everyone. It seemed like Nelson Peltz, head of activist investor fund Tryon, had the wind at his back as he headed into the final days before DuPont's shareholder meeting last year. Proxy advisors Glass Lewis and ISS pronounced in his favor. Big investors had drawn up behind him, and he'd never been defeated in a proxy battle before. But at the end of the day, Peltz lost his bid to replace four members of DuPont's board. So what happened? Peltz himself explained it to Bloomberg.
1: Well, what happened is that retail, that we, very hard for us to talk to retail, and there was a big component of retail. And getting to retail and retirees is a matter of money and a matter of allegiance. And the fact is that uh, that they, they had the allegiance of the retirees.
2: Retirees, mom and pops, individual investors, small change a multitude of Davids formed the crucial swing vote that saved the day for DuPont management. Coming up, we'll take a look at the value of retail investors in today's volatile market. I'll be speaking with Jordan Berger, a producer at Sarasota-based Money Show. Money Show is an empresario of sorts. For more than 35 years, Money Show has produced a variety of retail-oriented conferences around the globe.
0: Our goal is to help more IR professionals reach retail investors
2: and we'll have highlights from not one but two IR magazine webinars first up virtual meetings the CEOs of two virtual meeting providers want you to have a digital corporate access strategy and the head of corporate access for Norway's public pension fund says it can work out pretty good for the buy side
1: There is certainly an acceptance here, and I've had more other organisations in terms of using VC as a normal means of uh, communication.
2: And are exchange-traded funds the future of capital markets?
1: ETFs are really growing a lot, and they have overtaken the size of hedge funds this year.
2: IR Magazine's Laurie Havelock speaks with 2020 Investments founding partner Irene Bauer and Bloomberg's Senior ETF Analyst Eric Balchunas about the rise of the ETF and what it means for investor relations. But first, here's a quick look at some of the news stories we've been following. Most firms around the world are either maintaining or increasing their levels of direct investor targeting. But the latest research report from IR Magazine shows Asian companies bucking this trend. The data show that 7% of IROs in Asia have reduced their direct targeting of investors. This compares with 2% in the U.S. and just 1% in Europe. Overall, close to half of the more than 600 IROs surveyed have increased direct targeting of investors over the past three years. Mega-cap company IROs are most likely to seek out investors on their own. Another research nugget? Don't be shy to offer your company's thoughts on macroeconomic themes. Almost all U.S. buy and sell ciders surveyed said they'd be appreciated. British American Tobacco, Unilever, and Diageo are the best companies in the FTSE 100 for corporate governance. A study by the Institute of Directors puts Tesco and Berkeley Group Holdings at the bottom of the list. The SEC says it wants to make it easier for investors and others to find company information. The regulator has proposed a new amendment that would require public firms to include hyperlinks to documents filed as exhibits. Currently, to retrieve a company's exhibit, investors must determine which filing it's in, then search for the filing, and then for the exhibit. The SEC calls the process cumbersome. Virtual meetings video conferencing. Right. Has video conferencing's time come for investor relations? At last, and so on. Well, for the record, it's twenty sixteen and the heads of two leading virtual meeting service providers say there are major changes ahead for investor relations and corporate access. Mark Lore is CEO of Open Exchange. If there's really a basic message that we want to pass along to people is that virtual meetings are coming. They are working, and we think that those that are on this call should kind of be exploring them in the fourth
0: quarter and throughout 2017. We have definitely seen an uptick in usage in
1: 2016. Uh, We are every day using these or similar features in our social life. Uh,
2: Luca Peirano is the CEO of the London Stock Exchange's digital IR and corporate access platform Elite Connect.
1: There's no no reason why we shouldn't also use uh, very similar solutions in a
2: secure environment for our professional uh, life. And Norgus Bank Investment Management's Hugo Sanders is such a man. To Luca's point, I think the use of
1: uh, things like FaceTime and Skype in our everyday life means that people are more accepting to the fact that this is an everyday occurrence. So we've seen huge growth and
2: I honestly believe across the industry this will grow and grow more.
1: What I'm going to do today is just sort of give you you know, some of the main themes that are going on in the ETF world to help you understand why they're a big deal and give you the basics. Uh, so uh, the presentation is called Five Mind-Blowing Stats About ETFs. These are some of the things that I took away that, was, that blew my mind and, and made me uh, really understand uh, what was going on in this industry. Um, so the first one is just that ETF assets are growing as fast as the Internet. ETF assets are about $2.3 trillion in the U.S. They grow at about 25% a year. Not many things are growing that fast in this day and age, especially in the financial industry. And basically, uh, Sebastian Mercado at Deutsche Bank uh, looked at Internet household usage and found a 97% correlation between ETF asset growth and Internet usage. So just a way to show you how fast they're growing. It took ETFs 18 years to get to $1 trillion, but only four years to get to $2 trillion. And what we're seeing is the reason that they are growing so fast, uh, you know, I have long equated the ETF to the MP3. It's doing a similar thing to the financial industry the MP3 did to the music industry in terms of it, doesn't, it isn't an investment itself. It's just a portal and a more efficient way to get that investment.
2: You can have your mind blown by four other stats about ETFs and what the whole phenomena means for IR by checking out irmagazine.com. Click on Past Events. You'll also find the virtual meetings webinar also available online. And you can register for the next upcoming webinar, Thursday, September 29th. Learn from experts on how the latest search engine technology can help you respond to just about any C-suite question, Tootsuite. The retail investor has always been a bit of an afterthought in terms of IR outreach. But the lowly masses may just be one of the last non-programmable stock-selecting segments left in the market. Amid the continuing shift in assets to quant funds and passive ETFs, retail investors have become an increasingly sought-after prize. Money shows. Jordan Berger explains the drivers behind the retail resurgence are legion.
0: Yeah, I think the the, D- the Dupont you know Peltz uh, situation I think was just another core I guess example of. The importance of the individual investor. Um, you know, for Dupont's case, you know, I think uh, one third of their shareholder base was, you know, retail investors. You know, as Dupont came to a decision where they wanted to, rest- you know, or Pelts, they wanted to restructure the board and and I guess, um, you know, act on some of these initiatives. It came down to that 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 deciding factor, and and what Dupont and what they had to do was really, you know, pick up those phones and call those individual investors to make sure that they were, you know, voting on these proxy cards. In a, in the way that would be you know influence the best interest of the company, and when your shareholder base is one third, you know re- retail investors, you know having that communication channel in place, whether that be a phone call, whether that be a conference, whether that be social media, you could see how important this was for them to get that swing vote. Berger
2: points out a healthy retail shareholder roster can not only repel activists, it
0: can attract consumers. I'll give you a great example. I'm, you know, over the weekend I went to the Apple store um, because. Uh, you know, I need a new back MacBook, and you know, myself, I'm a huge Apple guy. You know, I got the Apple Watch, I just pre-ordered the Apple iPhone 7, and I uh, just bought a new MacBook over the weekend. To tell you, I also happen to be a large shareholder in Apple, very loyal to that company, and I have to tell you that being an investor in the company and a shareholder of the company, I'm more prone myself to want to buy their products and be more supportive of the new initiatives they come out with. And I think that goes for the general public. Um, you know, I've seen studies done, I think, by Better Investing back in 2005 that showed 93% of shareholders who are shareholders within a company that has a consumer-facing product are more likely to buy that consumer product. It, 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 it adds value to the entire entity.
2: All in all, companies looking for less chop and churn often find that retail investors are a cushion of calm and stability.
0: You know, just getting out there and having that long, strong, you know, re- uh, relationship with shareholders is, is you know, very important, especially when institutions are buying and selling on, the, you know, on the drop of a dime, uh, you know, with things getting volatile, uh, it, it just adds more value to, I think, your IR team. Yet a
2: 2014 NERI survey found less than one quarter of respondents actively try to attract them. So how come so many IR strategists give retail investors
0: the cold shoulder? And another problem as well, Jeff, is if you look at individual investors as it compares to institutions. There's, you know, maybe ten thousand institutions in the United States. There's one hundred and seventy-five million individual investors in the United States. Fifty percent of uh, U.S. households are invested somewhat in the markets. So <laughs> it's much easier for them to reach ten thousand institutions as it is for them to reach, you know, let's call it one hundred and seventy-three, one hundred seventy-five million individuals. It might be kind of ironic then that just as
2: IROs turn to technologies like virtual conferencing to reach institutional investors, the low-tech in-person investor fair can be such an effective way of pursuing the individual shareholder.
0: Uh, So Orlando is our largest show. We'll have between uh, 5,500 and 6,500 attendees. They're very affluent. Uh, Average uh, age is around 62 years old. Um, I think we have about 67% retired. Uh, at that show, um, household income above 150000 uh, and the average portfolio size is between $1.2 and $1.5 million. Um, and then on the uh, education side, I think uh, Orlando is about 87% of them have a postgraduate degree. So um, it's a very sophisticated network uh, and crowd that we get. That we have at all of our shows, and when you're looking to put together efforts and resources to reach retail, um, you know, I think there's no better place to reach them than at our shows because you know that you're in front of someone who's actively invested. You know, 97% of our people are invested in stocks, individual stocks. Uh, next up is uh, ETFs, then mutual funds. So, uh, it's, it's a real targeted channel for, for these public companies to get out there and reach them. And Berger says more and more public companies are reaching out. You know, we, we've worked with you know, thousands of public companies over the past 35 years of being in business. Um, but we've definitely seen an uptick uh, in public companies over the past, you know, let's call it 24 months. Um, you know, in terms of our core in bread butter, you know, which is our events business and our conference business, um, you know, the, the companies that participate at our shows are public companies, they're, you know, your, your major brokers, they're your alternative investments, they're your wealth managers. Um, they're their, your educators in exchanges because they're all looking for an affluent individual investor.
2: During this year's first half, retail order flow accounted for just over 10% of all U.S. equity share volume. Activity was concentrated in the information technology, consumer discretionary, and industrial sectors. There's lots of ways IROs can reach retail. You've got social media, conference calls, broker outreach, and so on. But for a growing number of firms, face-to-face, in-person contact has become a key addition to a retail strategy. That's all for this week's Ticker Podcast. Thanks for listening. In Montreal, I'm Jeff Cassette.
1: You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.